Welcome to the Movie Planet. This week we're talking about 1990s Pretty Woman. With Joe. Work it, work it, baby, work it, work it. And JC. Well, color be happy, there's a sofa in here for two. First time in an elevator. And Joel. I don't think we have anything for you. You're obviously in the wrong place. Please leave. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is the Edward Lewis and Vivian Ward to my Barney Thompson, J.C. and Joel. Wait. Rock, paper, scissors, Is that Vivian? the guy that's the asshole that tries to steal her from him? No, Barney Thompson, thanks for paying attention to the movie, is the butler. Uh, okay. I, I, the one know, who sends Vivian to the store. Okay, then I'm okay the hotel. Yes. Okay with right? That. Sorry. The is that a butler? Or is well, he a, he's a major D. Hotel presidential guy. I, I don't see I didn't know their names. Titles. I watched the movie. I'm I'm the absolute. I'm good worst. though. I'm when you watched the movie, were you preoccupied? No. Okay. No, I wasn't I'm, actually. I will watch a movie twice and still have no idea who the characters' names are. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I do think there are times I'm like, so the guy without the hair. Yeah. Joel's gonna see Logan and go. So where was this Wolverine character? <laughs> no. I, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Wait. Sick bird. Wait. X Men. <laughs> wait. X Men is is that the name of the character? Is the character called X Men? Is is that who he is? Because he makes an X what with his claws. Balls drop off. <laughs> I did have to when you said that though. I was like Edward and Vivian. <laughs> See, I did that too. I'm like, shit, who am I? Because the Which entire is- movie, I'm like, Richard Gere's a really nice businessman. <laughs> <laughs> Which in reality is funny because there's really only four characters in this whole fucking film. Yeah. But they don't say their names a whole lot. Edward, Vivian, Barney, and... Uh, Philip, Stucky, Jason Alexander, <laughs> Costanza. Say- yeah. I do remember Costanza. Can't stand ya. Can't stand ya. Can't stand ya. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to go and uh, play. Woman. We're going to play reassess with a pretty woman. So uh, enjoy the ride. Here we go. I'll be out in just a minute. That champagne kind of got to me. I didn't hear you. What did you say? Uh, I said I'll be out in just a minute. What is? What do you have in the, your hand? There? What are you hiding? Nothing. I do not want any drugs here. I don't want any of these. Get your things and your money and please leave. I don't do drugs, all right? I stopped doing drugs when I was 14. What is this? This is dental floss. Yeah, so? I had all those strawberry seeds. And you should neglect your gums. Sorry. Please continue. Thank you. Are you going to watch? No. Thank you. It's just that uh, very few people surprise me. Yeah, well, you're lucky. Most of them shocked the hell out of me. Be watching. I'm going. This week, we are discussing the 1990 romantic comedy, Pretty Woman. This one's for the ladies. 
and the men who appreciate the rom-com genre. Mm-hmm. Now, I know I'm a sucker for a good rom-com every now and then. What about you guys? If it's a good rom-com, there's really bad ones, but good rom-coms, and this is one of them, yes, yeah. I will sit down and watch it. I'm a really big fan of mid to early 90s rom-coms. Okay. Like, You've Got Mail is one that I would like to do. That's a great one. Oh, look, You've Got Mail is a great one. It's one of my one. favorite movies. Uh, this is directed by Gary Marshall, starring Richard Gere as Edward Lewis, Julia Roberts as Vivian Ward, Ralph Bellamy as James Morse, Jason Alexander as a big-ass dick, Hector Elizondo <laughs> as Barney Thompson, and Laura San Giacomo as Kit DeLuca. And that's really about it, because no one else is really relevant in this movie. Nope. Uh, a little trivia to start us off about this film. It was made for about $14 million and pulled in $178 million Whoa. domestically and $463 million worldwide for a rom-com. Jeez. God damn. Damn. Uh, this is Disney's highest grossing R-rated release ever. <laughs> Don't they own Marvel? Touchstone Pictures. Don't they own Marvel? So wouldn't they own Deadpool? No. They don't own Deadpool. They, they own Marvel Pictures. Uh, yeah. Touchstone at the time was, you know, Walt Disney was their parent company. So that's why they get Disney gets the props. Uh, they also get the props for Pulp Fiction because they own Miramax at the time. <laughs> well, when you have when you have the props, you have to hold them up. Yes. Uh, Julia Roberts was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actress and won the award for Best Actress at the Golden Globes. Also nominated at the Golden Globes, Best Motion Picture, Best Actor, and Best Supporting Actor. Uh, and we're going to play a little game with that later. Edward, snapping the necklace case down on Vivian's fingers, was improvised by Gear. And Roberts' reaction, that goofy-ass laugh, was totally natural. But the makers liked it so much I they decided that. to leave it in. Yeah, I like that awesome. a lot. Uh, Richard Gere is actually playing the piano. He composed the piece of music that he's playing in the bar. Oh, that's kind of nice. Uh, during the love, th- this part's creepy as hell. Yeah, what I, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I understand why she needed medicine. During the lovemaking scene, Julia Roberts got so nervous, a visible vein popped out of her forehead. Director Gary Marshall got into bed with Julia and Richard Gere. Marshall and Gere massaged her forehead until the vein disappeared. Julia also broke into hives and was given calamine lotion until they were finally able to shoot the scene. Now, this was really her first major-ass role, so maybe yeah. that had to do with it. I get it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the opera that Richard Gere and takes Julia Roberts to is La Traviata, which is about a prostitute who falls in love with a wealthy man. Oh. Yeah. Like most rom-coms, you have a on-the-nose reference in pop in- culture. Inside, yes. Yeah. And Let's see. The, in the sh- I love this. In the shots of the city at the very beginning, you'll notice the same that some of the neon letters in the hotel where Vivian lives are burned out. The only remaining lighted letters spell ho, a slang synonym for a prostitute. (laughs) (laughs) Can we pause real quick? Yes. Now, this may be her first major role as like a solo, like main character. Yeah. I didn't realize that Steel Magnolias and Mystic Pizza were before this. Yep. Yeah. But but this is very early on her career. Other than those two, she was never really in anything else. Yeah. Now, Disney didn't want Julie Roberts for the role of Vivian. Instead, they wanted Meg Ryan. Other actresses who were considered for the role of Vivian before Julia Roberts. Yes. Kim Basinger. No. no. Kathleen Turner. No. Deborah Winger. Yeah. Gina Davis. No. Yeah. Carrie Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> we have to say that. Bo- no, because it would have been good. Bo Derek. No. Kelly McGillis. No. Can't remember her. Uh, Top Gun. She was. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Melanie Griffith. Nope. Mm-mm. Sharon Stone. No. Mm-mm. Too early, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. 
Uh, yeah. Also, Madonna. No. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. No. You know what? I was thinking Jamie Lee Curtis earlier. We like, who would replace Leia? Like, just let's throw Jamie Lee Curtis in space. <laughs> and everyone would be like, is that Jamie Lee Curtis? I think that's <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Something so obvious, people are like, whatever. <laughs> I love how that's how he talked. He's like, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis and like Carrie Fisher. They look the same. No. <laughs> em- Emma Thompson. No. Rosanna Arquette. Can't picture her. Heather Locklear. Mm. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, maybe that one. Joan Cusack? No. <laughs> Phoebe Cates? Don't know what she looked like. Elizabeth Shue? Yeah, I like Elizabeth Shue. Tatum O'Neill? No. <laughs> Bridget Fonda? No. Lori Loughlin? Yeah, maybe. Diane Lane? No. And Justin ba- Justine Bateman? <laughs> Justin Bateman? Not Justin Bateman. <laughs> no. Justine John ba- Cusack. Now, let's be clear on something. These were all people offered the role before the one who probably would have played it best of all of them. Yeah, there's no one else that could play this No, n- clearly not. I think Carrie Fisher would have done well. I think Kelly McGinnis could have done well. And I think Elizabeth Shue. I think Elizabeth Shue would have played it as well as Julia Roberts. Michelle Pfeiffer is just hot to me. And Car- I think Carrie Fisher, Elizabeth Shue would have been very close to Julia Roberts. But the problem is... Julia Roberts made this sh- role, so now when you watch it, it's like if anybody plays it other than her, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, oh. yeah. She's layered the role. She's layered the role. Yeah. Uh, what's your history with this movie, guys? While making the role, she what? It must have mean she laid while laying the role. Hmm. Okay, guys, is that a prostitute pun? <laughs> I don't know if it's a pun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a punstitute. <laughs> <laughs> what's your Indeed. history with this movie, guys? Do you remember the first time you saw this, JC? Uh, first time I saw it was on TV, and I remember watching it, and my mother coming in and turning the show off, saying I wasn't allowed to watch it, <laughs> which I thought was ironic because I was watching it on TBS, like it was the old TBS logo that I remember. So I was over at my neighbor's house, and I saw the movie sleeve, like those old VHS uh, cassettes that slid out of the the sleeve. And I saw it, and I just grabbed it. I didn't even ask to borrow it. I just took it. <laughs> and, I, and I went back to my house, and we had the, the TV upstairs, and we had the TV downstairs in the playroom where uh, the wood furnace was because we heated our house with a wood furnace. And so I remember uh, stoking the fire and getting it hot because that would mean nobody would come down to bother me because the only reason a parent would come down there was if the wood needed to be restoked or if we, if we needed more wood in the fire. You were constantly playing with your wood. I was constantly playing with my wood throughout this movie to make sure that it was stoked piping hot. Don't you hate it when people come down when you're playing with your wood? It, it is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost burdensome. Um, so I didn't think anybody would bother me, and I'm thinking, like, man, my mom didn't want me to watch this. This is, this is really bad. And so I remember watching it, and I was like, this is awesome, because you're a kid, and you're right. like, I get to watch this, and, and they're doing that, and, and this is awesome. And then, of course, like, I watch it. Well, we're, we'll, get, we'll get into that later, when, like, how we feel now. But that was, that was the first time was I remember watching it downstairs in the playroom by myself, primarily because my mother had turned it off. I was watching it on TBS, and... Looking back, you should have let me watch it on TBS, Mom, because when I, <laughs> when I stole the VHS, I saw a whole lot more on the VHS <laughs> that I wouldn't have seen on TBS. <laughs> Mine is very similar to yours. I, it was on TBS all the time. And so I'd, I never saw it in, in its entirety beginning to end until this week. But I would see bits and pieces of it on TBS, and everything I saw, I would always say, I really like Pretty Woman. And my parents would say, yeah, it's a great movie. And so mine was almost like the opposite, the exact opposite. My parents said, it's a good movie. I was like, it's rated R. They're like, it was a good movie. And so I never 
felt the need to like go watch it. I think about well, what we've talked about before. When yeah. people tell me it's a good movie, I say, I trust you. And so, <laughs> in. <laughs> and as DVD players came out, I couldn't, I was too much work to use the VHS of Pretty Woman we had. Yeah. But I watched it this week and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, uh, I don't recall when I first saw this movie. I don't even remember. I know I've seen it over 50 times, though. Wow, 50. I know it. It's over that. Uh, I know it wasn't in 1990 because I wasn't old enough. Uh, though I'm Fair. pretty sure that when my parents rented it, I, it was on video and I saw it then. And my parents were pretty liberal with allowing me to see certain things. Uh, again, the Exorcist discussion and the aliens we had talked about before. And then I went through a phase where I was in love with Julia Roberts. And the phase lasted for about 20 years. <laughs> I'm still in love with this woman. Uh, I was. I love her. I love her. She's gorgeous. I love her personality. She is gorgeous. Her yeah. laugh is infectious. And when I watched this, I fell in love with this girl again. Yeah. yeah. It is hard to watch this and not be like, wow, she is attractive. Yeah. And I didn't realize this. I, I guess I didn't remember this, but damn, the chemistry between her and Gear is so good. And they're such polar opposites. Yes. They are such polar opposites. Okay, you guys ready for a synopsis? Synopsis. All right. I'm a, now, something new. I'm going to read through the whole fucking synopsis. So here we go. And we're not How to bad would it have been if I would have watched Runaway Bride instead? <laughs> well, it's funny you bring that up. Because <laughs> there's something I'm going to say later, and I think he may reach across the table and strangle me. I think you're going to say that it's the exact same story as Runaway Bride. Edward Lewis, a successful uh, corporate raider in... <laughs> <laughs> He got to read it last time. It was really funny. Actually, wait. Why isn't he reading the synopsis? Because it's his movie he picked. Oh, that's right. I forgot we were doing it that way. Hang on. Here we go. I wasn't listening to that. I know. Edward Lewis, a successful corporate raider in Los Angeles on business, accidentally ends up on Hollywood Boulevard in the city's red light district after being rejected and breaking up with his girlfriend during an unpleasant phone call in which Lewis appears highly controlling. He asked his girlfriend to escort him during his California business trip, but she was offended that he could demand from her whatever he wants, as if she is his beck and call girl. After leaving the party where he had this unpleasant phone call, taking his lawyer's Lotus Esprit, is it Esprit or Esprit? I don't know. But okay, it's well, it's a luxury car. car. It's amazing. It's a beautiful car. Lewis encounters a prostitute, Vivian Ward. He stops for her, apparently lost and having difficulties driving the car, asking for directions back to Beverly Hills. It is not clear if he really wants to hire her or just get help, or just get help getting back to his hotel. He asks her to get in the car and show him how to return to the Beverly Hills region where he is staying. It becomes clear that Vivian knows more about the Lotus than he does, and he lets her drive them or drive him to his hotel. Vivian charges Lewis twenty dollars for the ride, and then they separate. He goes to his hotel, and she goes to the bus stop to go back to Hollywood Boulevard. Lewis goes back to find Vivian waiting for the bus and decides to hire her for the night. And then later, to play the role of his girlfriend, <laughs> to play the role his girlfriend had refused, offering Vivian $3,000 to stay with him for the next six days, as well as paying for a new, more acceptable wardrobe for Vivian. Edward is visibly moved by her transformation from hooker to sophisticated woman and begins seeing Vivian in a different light. He begins to open up to her. Revealing his personal and business lives. Edward takes Vivian to a polo match he sponsors in hopes of networking for his business deal. His attorney, Philip, begins to suspect Vivian to be a corporate spy. Edward reassures him by telling him how they truly met, and Philip approaches Vivian, suggesting they do business once her work with Edward is finished. Insulted by Philip and furious that Edward has revealed the secret of who she really is, Vivian wants to end her arrangement with Edward. Edward confesses to feeling jealous of a business associate who has paid Vivian some personal attention during the week. Vivian's straightforward personality is rubbing off on Edward, and he finds himself acting contrary to his normal personal and business personalities. 
Clearly growing closer, Edward flee, fly, flees, flies, flies with Vivian to, in his private jet to see La Traviata in San Francisco. Vivian is moved to tears by the story of the prostitute who falls in love with a rich man, further edifying Edward's feelings towards Vivian. After the opera ended, after the opera, Edward appears to have truly fallen in love with Vivian. Growing extremely fond of Edward, Vivian breaks her no kissing on the mouth rule, which her friend Kit taught her, and finds herself falling in love with him. He offers to put her up in an apartment so she can be off the streets, but she rejects it, insulted, and says this is not the fairy tale she dreamed of where a knight on a white horse rescues her. In meeting with business associates whose company he is in the process of raiding, Edward changes his mind at the last minute. His time with Vivian has shown him a different way of looking at life, and he suggests working together to help save the associates' company rather than tearing it apart and selling it off for a profit. They will build big ships together. Furious over the loss of so much money, Philip goes to the hotel to confront Edward, but only finds Vivian. What? <laughs> he blames her for changing Edward and attempts to force himself on her. Edward arrives and throws him out of the apartment. With his business in L.A. complete and his return to New York imminent, Edward tries to persuade Vivian to stay one more night with him because she wants to, not because he's paying her, but she refuses. On his way to the airport, Edward rethinks his life and his unexpected feelings for Vivian. He has the hotel chauffeur detour to Vivian's apartment building where he leaps from the white limo and rescues her. A visual urban metaphor for the knight on a white horse rescuing the princess, fulfilling Vivian's childhood fantasy. Now, credits roll. You watch the film. What did you think after the film, JC? This is the classic rom-com. This is the start to it all. We talked before about Die Hard being where you start with the action genre. If you want to start with the rom-com, I personally, when Joe and I were originally talking about this list, when he asked rom-com, I first said When Harry Met Sally. That was my first choice. Right. But watching this again more recently, I, I don't know which one came out first yearly. I think Joe is looking it up now, but... There are so many vignettes and there are so many pieces and allegory and 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 things that connect back. You, what when was it? Harry Met Sally was 1989. It was one year before. One year before. Yeah. So so maybe so I was gonna say like I feel like a lot of rom coms copy off of this, but but Harry Met Sally is a different type of rom com. That is that is the friends that have known each other forever. These are the two that are polar opposites. They meet each other. They are people that should probably not get along, but they end up realizing that they need each other. And it's it's a movie where, like, all the gushy stuff, all the cheesy stuff, all the, like, oh, man, I saw that coming from a mile away. Well, no, this is the movie that kind of started all that. Like, all of the rom-coms that came later, like, you thought of, oh, they got that from Pretty Woman, or that's a Pretty Woman moment. Like, it, this sort of started all of that. So it is a must, and yeah, Julia Roberts is sexy again. Like when I when I think of her, I usually jump to Aaron Brockovich, but then I jump to I watched this again recently, and I'm like, oh, there was a reason I liked her as a kid. Joel, what about you? I love this movie. It goes back to what we said on one of my very first shows of this is what movie should be. It's meant to entertain, and it's a very entertaining movie. But the story's also really good, and it's genuine. The emotions that and the connections that you get between the characters, I mean, it's clearly a movie, but it works, and it works really well. And you, there aren't many characters, so you kind of invest in the ones that you have. And I 
I don't know. I I liked it. I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah. I I after I finished, I I was in love with Julia Roberts again. Uh, it still holds up in all the right places, I think. And you know, yeah, it's a piece from the '90s. It is. You know, it's got a lot of '90s in it. It's got '90s clothing. It's got '90s music. Well, late or '80s music. Uh, but for some reason, all the music actually works still because th- that was when they were using songs that they'd play <laughs> a verse that matched what was going on in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, watching this, you know, I it, when you're when you're watching a movie by yourself, yeah, there's a lot of funny parts, but you don't laugh out loud because you're by yourself. You know, I'm <laughs> I was laughing out loud at a lot of shit that was happening in this because I'm like, God damn that that's. I could see that scene happening right now in a movie now. And although a lot of people would say, well, it's a very generic rom-com. It's generic because it was the original. All the others are generic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I'm going to say I I enjoyed this movie immensely, and I almost want to watch it again this weekend because it it was just so much fun. A fun movie. Uh, I have a little game because this was awards worthy, uh, and that is did the award shows get it right? Probably not. So... (laughs) (laughs) No, knowing how they go, probably I'm gonna end up pissed. <laughs> <laughs> or, or going what the f? Because uh, we're apparently not cursing anymore on the show. I didn't no, I'm, say that. I'm, I'm <laughs> cursing. So, uh, penis, penis, penis. <laughs> vagina, vagina, vagina. Is that a curse word though? It, I don't know. You tell me. You tell me. Can you say it in school? Yes. No, there's a lot of stuff that's not a cuss word that I can't say in school. Like. <laughs> Do your homework, or I expected this. You're an idiot. <laughs> oh, no, not the I word. <laughs> uh, the first one was the Golden Globe. She won Best Actress in the Golden Globes uh, for musical or comedy. Now, I know that we haven't seen all these movies, but the ones that we're most familiar with since 1990 are the ones that have held up. So she won it over Mia Farrow and Alice, which I don't think anybody today remembers. I, have, I know who Mia Farrow is, yeah. but I have no idea what Alice is. Andy McDowell and Green Card, which I don't think anybody here saw Green Card. Uh, Demi, of it. Demi Moore in Ghost. Did we bring up Green Card last week and we said never heard of it? Yep. Sure. So and never heard of it twice. And Meryl <laughs> Streep in Postcards from the Edge. She knocked out Meryl Streep. Uh, I, I was going to say, I'm not a Meryl Streep person. See, I just... Everybody recently, always comments on how amazing she is. And I'm like... Oh. I think they got this right. I just recently watched Postcards from the Edge and Meryl Streep is average in it for Meryl Streep. <sighs> No, they got this right. She's a good actor. It's yeah. just I don't enjoy watching her movies. I think you'd like Postcards from the Edge because it is based on Carrie Fisher's book, and it's kind of a parallel. So why didn't they get Carrie Fisher to play it? Carrie Fisher wrote the book. She so didn't want to play it. Bad Carrie Fisher, bad. <laughs> uh, so I think they got that one right. I do too. Yeah. Okay. Julia Roberts should have won. Uh, best actor in a musical or comedy at the Golden Globes. Whoa. Now, yeah. Now, <laughs> Gerard Depardieu won for a green card. He won over Macaulay Culkin for Home Alone, uh, Johnny Depp, Edward Scissorhands, uh, Richard Gere, Pretty Woman, Face Palm, Patrick Swayze, Ghost. I hate to say, as good as Gear was, Swayze probably should have won it that year. I think they got this one wrong. Yeah, that, I think I think Swayze. It should have been Swayze or Gear. Are you all going to see this glass half empty or half full when I say I've seen three out of these five? No, because I've seen that's good. But I've seen four out of five. The only one I haven't seen, Joel, is, is the, the one, one that won. won. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen Depardieu. Ghost, but I've seen Home Alone probably an un 
unholy amount of times. <laughs> just well, saw something Ed- unholy about that. I love that. It is a great movie. He's, I mean, he did a really good job, for especially pizza. for his age. Every time the, the movies that make me hungry for pizza, I have to watch them over and over and over again. <laughs> I think that's, that's interesting. Oh, pizza thief! Pizza thief! Pizza thief! Pizza thief! Um, I saw Edward Scissorhands <laughs> recently. Don't okay. fucking touch Aladdin. Tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> so Edward Scissorhands, you said? Yeah. This. His line <laughs> reading, though, I don't know. Yeah. He well, doesn't really say much in the movie, does he? That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I mean, I can't say they got it wrong because I haven't seen Green Card. I'm yes, a, you can, because if you haven't seen it, does it fucking matter? Well, if we're going on that, then Macaulay Culkin should have gotten Best Actor. <laughs> it, has been, it has been 26 years, which is hard to believe since Pretty Woman was in theaters. Remake? Just no, <laughs> yeah, this is an untouchable. We talked about untouchables once, didn't Ooh. we? Is this the first untouchable Joe has mentioned? I th- we'll get to the end. We'll get to the, <laughs> in the end, in the end, in the end. Okay, now we have best supporting actor, which uh, Bruce Davison won for Longtime Companion. He was good in that. Never heard of it. Armando Sante for Q and A, which nobody's heard of. I think Armando Sante. The only reason I know who that is is because of a TV movie he did about the Hunley. The H&L Hunley, which yes. was the original Confederate sub, and he played the lieutenant that sank in it. That is the only Armand Asante <laughs> movie I know. But Hector Elizondo, who played Barney, was for Pretty Woman. Uh, Andy Garcia for The Godfather Part 3. I couldn't believe this next one. Al Pacino for Dick Tracy, which... I, he was amazing in Dick Tracy. But beating out Joe Pesci for Goodfellas... Could you imagine? Yeah, that that is politics. I, the only reason Joe Pesci didn't win for Goodfellas is politics. Yeah, you mean funny. And that this, no, the fact that the Academy is a bunch of no, no. This was the gold, this was the Golden Joe. Globe. Still. Oh, Golden like, Globe. Like how funny? Haha, like a clown. So, I'm here so to you're amuse saying, you. So you're saying I'm funny? Are you? Tell me, tell me a joke. You want me to tell you a joke? Tell me a joke. Now. So I think I think they got that one wrong. Yeah, but totally it wasn't wrong. because Hector Elizondo should have been up there. I think it's because a guy like Joe, Joe Pesci, or as you said, Al Pacino should have won it. But I think Al Pacino. Oh no, I didn't see Joe Pesci. I saw Pacino, but out of that list, Pesci yeah. should have won. Could That's you imagine Pesci should have won if it would have gone Best Actor Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, followed by Best Supporting Actor Joe, Joe Pesci? Pesci. <laughs> 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 that would have been amazing. Um, and finally, Best Film at the Golden Globes, Musical or Comedy. You had Green Card win it, but the others were Dick Tracy, Ghost, Home Alone, and Pretty Woman. That, it may be a toss-up between Ghost and Pretty Woman, but again, between the two of them, mm-hmm. yes, Ghost is an emotional story, but it's one shtick. She's sad because he died, and it's a love of lost love. But I never saw Ghost Pr- as a comedy. But pr- but Pretty Woman is, there's like 12 different stories going on within the bigger one. Mm-hmm. His friend's an asshole. How do they deal with it? Corporations, how do they work? Uh, snooty store owners throwing people out when they have millions of dollars, well, thousands of dollars to spend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this should have been hands down Pretty Woman. They got that one wrong. I agree that, that. that wrong. Okay. I agree. Now we're, now we're going to the Oscars. The big, the big dogs. So these guys are really fucked up. Yeah. So this is for Best Actress. Julia Roberts, you know, she has her breakout role. She gets nominated for Best Actress. She's going against Kathy Bates for Misery. Uh, Angelica Houston for The Grifters, Meryl Streep for Postcards from the Edge, and Joanne Woodward for Mr. and Mrs. Bridge, and Kathy Bates wins for Misery. And I have to say that if there was, if I, if I could do this, and I wish there was a tie, it would have been this one. Kathy Bates is unstoppable in Misery. She's amazing. She's fucking psycho, and it's brilliant. 
I've only seen clips of Misery, mm-hmm. but what I've seen from her in that movie makes me want to see it, and I do not like movies of that genre. Yeah, it is really good. That being said, Julie Roberts, again, you don't think of movie hookers without thinking of Julia Roberts now. That's interesting, right. but you're right. But how many movie hookers do we really know? Well, that's exactly it. They're all com- it's like it's like So it's Julia Roberts. Well, okay. It's like comparing shark movies to Jaws. There are other shark movies? See? Deep Blue Sea, The Shallows, but everybody just goes, no, there's Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. There's Julia Roberts as a hooker and everybody else. Yeah, but The Shallows, it has Blake Lively. And a that, nice little... That's all you need. Dude. You just need Blake Lively. Well, gentlemen... So- sorry, Ryan Reynolds, but we just need Blake Lively. Yeah. Gentlemen, what worked well for you in this movie? JC, you want to start us off? Her dialogue. Every line of dialogue that Julia Roberts has is perfect. She calls people out. Yeah. She is the only one in the entire movie that is entirely comfortable and knows who the fuck she is. And let's be honest, how many people go through life, act like they know who they are, but when they are finally confronted with, well, no, this is what you said, and so that makes you this type of person. You're like, well, no, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't have said it. And she is somebody that is constantly being honest and putting people in their place because she's okay with who she is and they're the ones, quote-unquote, playing a character. And she does that brilliantly. Mm-hmm. But all of all of the characters are well done. Like, the characters, the dialogue, those are my favorites. I, I love all of the scenes. Like, every scene is a scene you don't want to get up and go get something to drink because yeah. there is a, a quote or is there there is a quip or a little nugget of information that you need out of every scene. Yeah. Joel? Um, I'm going to rewind a second. Heather Graham in The Hangover was another prostitute. There you go. Very likable. Uh, and Elizabeth Shue in Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Trading places. Uh, trading places. Damn it. Yeah. What did you do? Look, there's there's been a lot of movie hookers. Hookers in Hollywood on his teacher Mac. I was going to say, <laughs> did you just use your work computer to look up hookers in Hollywood? <laughs> Uh, it to be clear, it's our ten favorite movie hookers with hearts of gold. <laughs> with hearts of gold, that will help. So, <laughs> what worked well for me in this movie? I feel like later email to IT department. <laughs> they would have emailed me a long time ago about the illegal movies I've streamed. I've watched Moneyball during so many plannings. <laughs> Not plannings, but work days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hope they're not listening. <laughs> Just kidding. Or am I? Uh, no, I do watch. I do watch movies after I get my work done. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's only movies I've already seen, yeah. so not any of the classics you all told me to watch. <laughs> um, apparently, I saw Spinal Tap this week. Well Anyways, played. Um, what thing I worked well is Julia Roberts' character. Her personality was so captivating. It, everything about everything that she says, she does, similar to what JC was saying, but just her. Every, it's genuine. Yeah. Her laugh was genuine. Her jokes, the things that she said. Everything was so attractive in the way that you just didn't want to stop watching. I had to leave and like go get dinner in the middle of it, and it was hard for me. I was just I'm gonna watch an hour, mm. go, come back, and I had to. It was one of those, and I have to press pause, run out the door, come back. Yeah, you don't want to stop. Do you? Uh, you bring up a good point with her her genuineness and her honesty to how she actually acted it. Do you think she did it so well because it was her first big role? She hadn't been taught the tricks of the trade yet or these little nuances. And so, like, she had an honest laugh. She had an honest delivery. Was it because she was being herself kind of in that role? 
I, I mean, that's Maybe. me. That's me projecting. I can't get into her head to know that. Well, but I, I as you say that, I kind of wonder. I'm like, maybe that's why she was so good because it was her first role. I think with the sample size of 25 years of her movies now, we've seen what her personality is, and this is like this is her personality. This yeah. is the epitome of it. Later I, on, she's an actress. I think we gotta give yeah. a lot of props to director Gary Marshall for allowing her to do that as a you know first time. Here we go. Let's try it out. Because who doesn't love to lay with her while rubbing her forehead to get a vein out? I don't mind doing it. Exactly. So next week. Anything else, Joel? No. no All right. Well, for me, uh, everything is everyone is well cast. I completely get why Gear and Roberts were like a cinematic couple for a couple movies, like Pretty Woman and Runaway Bride. The music is very late 80s, early 90s, and I like that. It sticks with it, and JC knows how I am about music when it comes yeah, to movies. you are a stickler. If I hear a rap music in medieval movie, I'm pissed. <laughs> a la King Arthur. And although it is that late 80s, early 90s, I'm still tapping my foot and enjoying it. It's great to watch Roberts' transformation through this movie, and but understated is Gears arc. Yeah. it's Because he plays it very nuanced. It's equally fascinating. He starts very cold. But the introduction of this personality into his life leads to this great moment where he finally is willing to compromise for personal reasons rather than business. And what I love the most, which I wish rom-coms would do more, it calls out the fairy tale and it mocks it. But then owns it because it's what it wants to be. And owns it. Yeah. Uh, so these are the things that worked well for me. Now, I'm going to start off with what didn't work for me. No hooker on Hollywood Boulevard has ever looked like Julia Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. But that's where I have to end it. There would be a lot of people spending money. Because I love this movie. That's where I have to end it. Gentlemen, I leave you the mics. What does not work for you in this movie? Mm, not a whole lot. I can't think of anything, the, honestly. I, I said a couple of things when I first came in. There was a couple. And these are nitpicky things. They yeah. really are nitpicky things. It's, it's starting to feel dated. When I watched it, the the clothing scene. I mean, it's a great scene because what fucking clerk would say no to money? But yeah. Julia Roberts again puts the bitch in her place. But the clothes, like you're watching, I'm like talk about shoulder pads. Like it's it's dated. So, there, so I think, and I think what you're getting at is there's a look that these women give her when she walks in the store because of how she's dressed. That is, I don't think it's realistic today. And I can honestly say that I've said several times, I had a pretty woman moment the other day when I walked into the store and everybody looked at me like, yeah. you don't belong there. The, those, those do still happen. I'm and I just, think this was exaggerated. Yes. Um, now, from the wardrobe perspective, that red dress will always be in vogue. Hell, her black cocktail dress. Yeah, yeah. that's true, too. There, there's so much stuff in this movie that has been used and will continue to be used. It was hard for me to watch the transformation scene because I've seen Dumb and Dumber 200 <laughs> times. And every time they went to a different cutaway of her getting in a new dress or her hair done, I kept picturing Lloyd Christmas getting his toenails sanded off by a oh, the, power feel, tool. I feel so bad for you. I know. Because I that ruins that. That's I, a great scene. No, there's, you honest trailered this movie for it's yourself. Been so, <laughs> it's been referenced so many times, which is some. I mean, it's a great movie, and so it's been referenced. So what didn't work for me is that I didn't see it first. <laughs> it, okay. So... so and and I don't know if this is a didn't work, but yeah. it's a point I needed to make. Okay, this is a great movie, and I'm I'm a no bullshitter. I I stand by everything I said. But the 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 comparison was made before to Runaway Bride. If I'm being honest, mm -hmm. when run when Runaway Bride came out, I watched that movie a lot. I don't know. I just watched it over and over. And most of what they do that works well in 
Runaway Bride draws comparisons back to what Gear and Julia Roberts did well. It's not the same story. I'm not saying that, but the comparisons equal back to Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. So I think for the longest time, I would put Runaway Bride up above Pretty Woman just because I watched it more. Clearly, if I'm watching it more than I'm watching the other one, I care more about this one. And I'm wondering if it's it, it Runaway Bride feels less dated to me. It feels a little bit closer um, and things like that. I think they were what, three years apart, right? Three, uh, that I don't, I don't know. But, okay. but the more as I talk about this, would Runaway Bride have been as much fun for me had Pretty Woman not been made? And maybe Pretty Woman is that foundation that makes Runaway Bride the movie that I saw. Like, full disclosure, I probably saw it. You said 50 times yeah. with Pretty Woman. I've probably seen Pretty Woman like four. Okay. I could probably say four times. Runaway Bride, I've probably seen like 20. Oh. I don't know what it is, but I've seen Runaway Bride a lot. Wow. And so, yeah. And I'm the opposite. I've only seen it like four or five times. But, but again, is this one a better movie because it came first? I don't think I'm. Well, we'll get to yeah because that's just something I wanted to throw no. Out it's a good there. idea. Yeah. yeah. Who's the audience for this movie, guys? Every, everybody. Everybody's kids see. too. Okay. What heck? <laughs> I saw it young, and heck, compared to what kids can get a hold of today, there is nothing in this movie that's inappropriate. There's yeah. a question: What would this movie be rated today? I think it'll be almost PG thirteen today. Be, it would be PG thirteen. Yeah. So yeah. heck yeah, kids today. Kids, kids have Instagram. And the stuff that pops up that you don't ask for yeah. is disgusting. All so right. they're seeing worse stuff when they're in the bathroom, just yeah. brushing their teeth, than they would if they watched this movie. Yeah. And so do I think that this movie is for them? No, because I don't think they could appreciate it yeah. uh, for what it's worth. Should, should Everybody should watch this that is then 18 and above Yeah. to, to truly appreciate it. I think so. But it, it's a must watch. Yeah. Anybody that is in a relationship, not necessarily a romantic relationship, but just in but a human, human being relationship. relationship where you realize that it's not one person conforming to you or but you conforming to a person. It's getting to know a human being, caring for them where they are. And, and meeting them where they need to be met. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I think this is a great gender nonspecific rom-com. There's a lot of romantic comedies out there today that are for the ladies. Or for specific types of couples. This yes. is very much, I can see a guy saying, hey, do you want to go see Pretty Woman later? Uh, yeah, you know? I would go watch and, it. And, and wanting to go see it, because yes. it is a fun movie. Uh, so I put adult guys and gals can enjoy this because of the witty humor and the well-paced story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so uh, movie report card. JC, you get the first roll at this. What are you going to give it in the romantic comedy genre? It's in the Pantheon. This is an A. Wow. Yeah, this is this is the Pantheon. Okay, so you're saying it's an A. For rom-com, hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah, this is an A for rom-com. Right. How about you, Joel? I mean, I'll put the pressure on me. <laughs> um, I'm not I don't feel pressured. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> insert eye roll. Um, no, I don't. Gosh. How about this? How about this? Be I, honest. No, yeah. No, can be, I can I add an idea that we can all vote on right now? Yes, sir. Which is that to get in the Pantheon you need two A's out of three. The average grade has to be an A, right? Uh, no. It's got to be all three. I'm going to nix it because that's the whole point of the Pantheon. Okay, is it's, right. it's The Pantheon was you and I both agreed. Now that we're a trio, we all go to agree. Joe, Joel, if you don't agree, the Pantheon will always be, man. But the let me Pantheon say this. There are seven be. slots in the Pantheon. 
Right. This, and none have been filled yet. Not a single. And wouldn't it be a great if Pretty Woman could just fill that first slot? Um, no, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm being good. You, you be, you I set stop. Y'all up so I'm well. being good. I set y'all up. Wow. Nobody's filling any slots right now. Maturity. I'm, my, my, my throat just cramped up. Um. <laughs> it's because Joe suddenly has something stuck in it. No, I, every time I try to get you, asshole. I keep going back and I try to remember what it was that I said my original, like, report card was. B or C was that I would watch it again mm-hmm. if it's average or C plus I will watch it again. Yeah. B was, B was that I will intentionally and like look forward to watching it again. And A was A you was buy it. I bought buy it. I bought this movie this week to watch it for the first time. I still have the receipt where I can return it. I go to McKay's, plug, all, and <laughs> I will not return this movie. I bought it, and we'll get to this in a second. I bought it on Blu-ray intentionally, and I'm not going to return it, and it will be a part of mine. So with my original grading scale, it is an A. All right. All right. Uh, and finally, me, I'm giving this an A. It's easy to give this grade be- for me It's because it's near impossible to hear the word romantic comedy and not think of this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot like when we did Die Hard. When you think of an action movie, you think Die Hard. Uh, it's a classic story retold in a modern way. The acting is superb in this. The plot is believable and flawless. And the characters are rich in personality. And I love personality in my character. It's why I love Kevin Smith movies. I love Kevin Smith characters. Uh, I'm very happy this is the first in our pantheon because the only one I can think of that should also, in my humble opinion, be an instant pantheon rom-com is Princess Bride. Oh, I was going to say When Harry Met Sally. I was going to say Rush Hour 2. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. Uh, one last thing. This role made Julia Roberts. Yeah. And it's hard yeah. to think of anyone else playing this role from the list of actresses above as well as her. Um, so I, I think it's going to the Pantheon. I think that says also a lot about an A movie. If you can't picture anybody else playing these roles, yeah. then it did its job. Yeah. There you go. A's across the board for A's. Pretty Woman. A, a worthy addition into the Pantheon. Uh, and I have a heart. I have a feeling that as we fill these things up, that it'll be hard pressed to find a reason to pull it out. To pull it out of it, because uh, who would want to pull out of this? Yeah. Gosh, JC, I swear, <laughs> man. <laughs> now, JC, do you want to do you want to revisit? <laughs> we talked a second ago about how there are ways we grade films, and I then there's so wish people could see Joel's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think Joel wants to just get up and walk away. <laughs> we we can we can sit there and talk about yeah, it's a wonderful film on it's beautiful, well done. But do you really enjoy it? And this is the next part that JC wants to discuss here. So what so, is your ranking system? So this again? is our new like once we give it the grade. Yes, we say it's in the pantheon and all this stuff. But we got five categories, and let's be honest, this is what people do. Mm-hmm. So if this is a movie, you got choice number one, you buy it. It is a must buy. It is that. Okay, as soon as this is released on Amazon or whatever, I'm pre-ordering it. I'm getting it. I have to have this movie. Number two, bin it. You don't have to have it right away. You're kind of waiting for the price to come down. Or you're like, holy cow, Pretty Woman is in the bin for $2. Hell yeah, I'm going to take Pretty Woman for $2. It's not. Apparently, Joel said it was still very expensive, which means it's still a really good movie. Mm. Number three is you don't buy it at all, You don't, uh, and you stream it. So you're, 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 you have a subscription service, and you it happens have a subscription to be on there. And it happens to be on there, yep. Uh, number four, you borrow it. Somebody Stop by, stop so, by Joe's house and so, pick yeah, up a movie. Like, <laughs> you, you have that friend, and you're like, you know, I was listening to the movie Playground because those guys are geniuses, and these geniuses <laughs> said that 
uh, Pretty Woman was an amazing movie, but yeah, I don't believe them because they're geniuses, but who the fuck believes geniuses? So I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to bin it because I can't find it for cheap. Yeah. I don't stream because, you know, I'm poor. So, uh, yeah, can I borrow it from you? And that's option number four. Or five, you forget about it. It's just it's a Joey Trabbiani and you don't give a fuck. <laughs> so, uh, so my my yes. uh, buy it, bin it, stream it, borrow it, or forget about it for Pretty Woman is pretty easy. It is a buy it, right. roll, sell, buy it. Joel, uh, <laughs> we you, just heard you, you gave your answer, <laughs> <laughs> but he had to do it out of necessity. I That's had to do true. It out of necessity. Would he do it now? That's true. So All I'm right, going on based on if I saw it. Mm-hmm. With before and I then I saw it. I would say it's a it's a heavy, two, well not two. Sorry. <laughs> two. No, yeah, yeah. No, it's a. I think it's, it's a piece a he- of shit. I think it's a heavy <laughs> two because. Okay. Yeah, maybe I need to do five is buy it, four is bin it, three. Yeah, I don't. I'll mix um, the order. But it's buy it is the high two or bin it is next, and then yeah. I I would say bin it. I would have a really hard time if I was at Target and said, "Pretty woman's five dollars. That's definitely worth five dollars." Oh yeah, yeah, it's totally worth. Um, However, in my mind, there is at least one romantic comedy that I have gone out of my way to find mm-hmm. and buy, and so I give that one a little bit priority. That's why I was going back and forth with the A and the B. Ooh, what's that one? You've Got Mail. Yeah. I've also made the priority of buying You've Got Mail. Now, and, it, and maybe we'll at some point touch on the Hanks-Ryan dynamic that yeah. happened in the early 90s. But what I have That to, was awesome. And what I have to think of is, is it a better movie? Because, well, it came afterwards. It it would not be what it is without the first. I think that Parks and Rec is better than The Office, but Parks and Rec would not be what it is without The Office. That being said, we'll talk about that another day. You've but, been so it. I will say a heavy bin. Okay. But I did buy it, so joke's on me. Uh, I'm going to say I love this movie. I can't believe I don't own it, and I know I'm buying it this weekend. So I'm buying it, and if they have like a $30 special edition super commentary with Gary Marshall, I will spend the money on that motherfucker too because I want to hear what the hell he did behind the scenes. I know that when she was giggling on the floor doing the I Love Lucy part, he was tickling her feet to make her laugh like that. There you go. I want to hear all those little things. At McKay's, if our listeners don't get it first, they have it on Blu-ray, and it might still be in the package. (laughs) Might? I know that there was a DVD that was still in its wrapping Mm -hmm. for a fair price. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But uh, there is a Blu-ray gone. <laughs> I was going to say, well, so much for that for you. They couldn't see my hand wavering. <laughs> <laughs> they just heard you explain it, though. <laughs> well, it's a fourteen-dollar Blu-ray. It's been used. So we got we got to buy it, bin it, buy it. Yep. Honest assessments. Triple okay. B. That's all I got time for today, Movie Planeteers. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to pass the word on to your friends about the show. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, or Spotify, and help the show get on its feet with a four- or five-star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at movieplanetpod, and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. Special thanks to Twisterium and Sound J Music for providing our intro music and our ending music. Thanks for listening, and happy movie watching. <laughs>